Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back to This is America. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. The hottest of all hot spots right here, the NYC. Cuomo has flipped out. Trump flips Michigan? Maybe. Not 100% sold on that one yet. Uh, But it looks promising as two officials in Wayne County who had voted to certify their election results did so under pressure that they believe was false. Why? Well, because they feel that they were promised an audit that was going to be toothless. So they rescinded their votes. And there's way more on that coming at noon as President Trump gathers with his lawyers for a press conference at noon. But first, Cuomo has flipped out. And he is just beating and beating and beating on the media. And not the way Trump does, because Trump kind of teases them and just, no, no, you're fake news. He just basically just gets nasty with them. And then, of course, like all good Democrats says, well, no, I'm getting nasty with you because because I'm the nasty one. And that's how it is. It's about being a projectionist. And that's what he does and why he does it. But they're freaking out about school closings. People don't know. De Blasio says one thing. Cuomo says another thing. And the whole thing seems a little bit puzzling to a lot of people. So you may have heard this audio already, but I think, man, it's worthy of repeating. Why? Well, because it shows to who he really is at his core. And listen, I'm no stranger to putting people in their place when that has to be done. No problem. I got you. It's it's welcomed. I think it's it's a good thing to do. But this question was very from a it was a very decent question. It was rather inconsequential and harmless question, at least from the perspective of the governor. It wasn't something that was going to hurt him, per se. It was something that because he's the chief executive of the state of New York and people want to know what the heck is going on, it was appropriate. But he decided to to really freak out on this guy and blast him back, uh, blast him back, excuse me. So this is a Wall Street Journal reporter, and I want you to check this out. Uh, Cuomo cut two. First of all, let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive in your tone. If by the state's numbers you hit 3%, the schools close. How? What are you talking about? You're now going to override. We did it already. That's the law. An orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm still confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I I'll tell you what, Jimmy. Parents are still confused as well. The schools no, in they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think but parents are very confused as well. Read the law. 
read the law, read the... Then you're confused. Now, of the two of them, one sounds like somebody who did his homework and was asking a legitimate question, and the other one sounded like this, and I'm here, you're obnoxious. I, I really, I don't know. If he didn't do this whole draw, a New York draw, you usually hear the word draw with southern accents, but Cuomo has this New York draw where he talks to you like you're a re... Nope, can't say that one. Like you're not smart. <laughs> and he treats you like a child, and I think it's entirely inappropriate. But whatever, he can do it if he wants. I mean, I wouldn't do it. Maybe I would. I don't know. The jury's out. Let's see if they elect me governor ever, and I... uh Talk to people like this. I don't think I will. But he goes on and he he continues to, um, you know, push at him with his uh, you're 100 percent wrong. You're being obnoxious. And the reporter's simply doing what reporters are supposed to do. Now, it, this is not like he's asking a question like Governor Cuomo. Um, how would you say? You're not guilty for the deaths of 6,000 senior citizens in nursing homes when you are the chief executive of the state. A gotcha question, right? Uh, Things they do to Trump. President Trump, being that you've presided over the deaths of a quarter million Americans because of coronavirus. Right. That's what you hear when you listen to the Washington press corps. This wasn't a this was like, hey, parents want to know when are their kids going to go back to school? Because they just started school. School starts around here in September and it's November. So they've only been in class for a little bit, and we've been through a very tumultuous year because of the Democrats and their lust and desire for shutdowns and lockdowns and power. So he goes back and tells the reporter, let's not be obnoxious, and that he's 100% wrong. Check this out. If you were paying attention, you would have known we closed the schools in New York City two weeks ago. Remember when we did an orange zone and a red zone in Brooklyn and Queens and we closed the schools? Don't you remember that? Okay, so don't you? So what are you talking about? How, what are you talking about? You're now going to override. We did it already. That's the law. That's the law. Facha bruta, as Curtis Lee, with a great Curtis Lee, calls him Mario Facha bruta, his father, the um, late governor of New York. Anyway, I I listened to that and I thought to myself, man, this is great. This is excellent for the radio. Obviously, I'm I'm selfish in my uh, in my quest to get good audio and hear these things because, man, I heard that and I said, this is terrific. Everybody's going to love hearing Cuomo. And the problem is, with all of this, this guy just wants to continue to shut things down and claim that it's being done in the name of coronavirus. I mean, everything has been done in the name of coronavirus. And what's interesting is that we're, we're supposed to be the leader of the developed world. The United States has suffered so greatly at the hands of coronavirus, and I do not mean by mortality rate, which, of course, we're a big country and we've had uh, somewhat of a commensurate death. But I remember the liberals going crazy, holding them like flags, these these reports from the quote-unquote experts saying the United States is positioned to lose 2 million people in the next three or four months when this thing hit in, in uh, late February, early March. 2 million people. Where are we today? 250,000. So now, am I saying that those 250,000 don't count? Of course I'm not saying that. But I am saying we're a far cry from 2 million deaths. And we have el presidente, el trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, Donald J. Trump, to thank for it. 
Of course, God first, but it was Trump and his decisive action. It was his leadership getting public and private organizations involved in Operation Warp Speed, which is why we have Cuomo still complaining. that The fastest they've ever had a vaccine out was four years. This was done in months. It's, we're still in the same calendar year, and it's still happening. Yet everybody wants to complain. Nobody wants to do what's right and admit that Trump nailed this one. He's done what he had to do. And of course, looking back, there's always places that we can improve. But to say that he did nothing and for these guys to come out here and trash the president the way they do and then trash the media for asking legitimate questions, that's wrong. It's not right. But keep it locked right there. You're listening to This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. And one of the things that's uh, breaking right now, we're about 40 minutes away from the Trump campaign conducting a press conference to make an announcement. But that statement has come out from my colleague here at WABC Radio, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. And what Mayor Giuliani, who is one of President Trump's attorneys and his personal attorney, uh, put out is that the Trump campaign, the re-election campaign, has withdrawn its federal lawsuit challenging Michigan's election results this morning, saying that it has already achieved its goals when the Wayne County Board of Canvassers initially refused to certify the election, even though the board later approved them. Now, the quote from Giuliani is this. This morning, we are withdrawing our lawsuit in Michigan as a direct result of achieving the relief that we sought to stop the election in Wayne County from being prematurely certified before residents can be assured that every legal vote has been counted and that every illegal vote has not been counted. This is uh, from Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's personal lawyer. Now, two Republican members of the Wayne County Canvassers Board have agreed to certify, had agreed to certify the results on Tuesday, but have since signed affidavits saying that they regret their votes and would likely rescind their votes. Now, the Democrats are on the board, argue that the results have already been approved and that's not possible for them to backtrack it. So we'll see how that ends up. But Michigan law does give the canvassers 14 days to certify election results as as a deadline. And they're saying that the deadline did end on Tuesday night. So it's going to be... Uh, a legal question of this moving forward. The lawsuit in the Western District of Michigan federal court contended that the Republican poll watchers, the challengers that were there, were harassed and excluded from watching absentee ballots being counted at the TCF Center in downtown Detroit. And this happened on Election Day. It's also alleged that numerous ballots that were being counted and were found to be irregular by the state and city officials were denied. And so the suit is arguing based on a lack of understanding that they weren't able to actually count these votes. So attorneys for the Trump campaign didn't uh, add to this reporting from the Detroit News that I'm citing from because obviously they're having a press conference in half an hour. But I want you to hear a little bit of what happened when these two board members decided we're not going to do it because we agreed to this under the false pretenses of what? Well, you said that there would be an audit and they're realizing this is going to be a toothless audit. And without an audit that's meaningful, nothing comes from this. Listen to this. Your grandchildren are going to think of you like Bull Connor or George Wallace. Shame on you 
for leading to this level of corruption. You have disavowed your right to even sit in the seat that you occupy. You are a disgrace. Tonight, it is as though the 15th Amendment was never passed. It was then disingenuous to assert that this is anything other than two members using their positions to cast doubt both on the votes of African-American voters and the work of those who counted them. Because what the both of you are doing right now is adding to systemic racism. So there you have it. That was the response from the Democrat colleagues to their Republican counterparts saying, you know what, I'm not going to be certifying my vote. I'm going to rescind my vote. That's what the Democrats said. They said that they were Bull Connor. They said, well, you heard it. They called them racists because they said that they felt that there were irregularities that might be beyond the relief of an audit. What do we do with all this? Of course, we bring it to our This Is America correspondent radio show host in Detroit, my man, Brandon Bryce. Welcome to the program. What's going on, Rich? You you know, apparently some folks aren't getting invited for Thanksgiving holiday this week. (laughs) Well, put me on that list, too. I don't think anybody's inviting me, but I I love to show up uh, uninvited. You you know, Rich, I'm almost flabbergasted because when I hear this, you know, my dad always told me, you know, it's not. It's not uh, who's right, it's what's right. And the challenge that I have here is that, and here's the deal, you know, if you found irregularities, your job is not to play politics. See, what you didn't hear is that those folks who have been speaking that you just heard, those are all politicos. Those are all Democrat politicos. Mm -hmm. So the credibility now comes down to, if you're listening to that, you're saying, oh, this is awful, They're, you know, that this is voter suppression. But then when you actually find out who these people are that just spoke, these are all Democrats. And so the issue I have with that is that you know, the issue I have with, with the two, uh, Monica Palmer and the other gentleman, is that if you found, if you didn't find any irregularities, then certify the damn vote. But if you did find irregularities, your job is to do what's right regardless, Rich, of the political theater. And my thing is, stand your ground. Don't run away. Stand your ground. But if you're going to stand your ground, Rich, own it. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Yeah, so now, what I understand this to be, and you tell me what your thoughts are, and maybe you just did, uh, but Ms. Palmer and the other gentlemen that both said, you know what, we voted for this thinking that there would be an independent audit, and they felt comfortable that that was a sufficient remedy to irregularities that they did have concerns about, and then later found out that the audit would not, in effect, correct these irregularities, and this is when they decided, you know what, we're not going to be certifying our vote, or we're going to rescind our votes based on that new information. So are you faulting Ms. Palmer and her colleague, or are you faulting the Democrats? How do you land on this? I'm saying this. If you found irregularities, I mean, this is simple. My six-year-old niece could get this. If you found irregularities, if it doesn't pass the smell test, then doggone it, don't certify it, Rich. You know, the issue is, it it sounded like they cracked under pressure. And the problem that I have with that is, that does the American voter, that does the Wayne County resident who casted their votes legally, that does them a huge injustice regardless of the political theater 
that you just heard. That's all it is. You know, Chris, you know, one thing, one thing Christy said, you know, Rich, when you and I were, were in the administration, yeah. we got to get around the political theater. That's all it is. The bottom line is, if you and I'll say this again, Rich, you know, shame on, in my opinion, shame on the two Republicans for not standing their ground if they thought something didn't pass the smell test. It is what it is. Yeah, and we're on, folks, with Brandon Bryce. Brandon Bryce is a former colleague of mine in the administration of New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, where he served as Director of African American Affairs and Educational Liaison to the Office of the Governor. And, Brandon, I I, I understand what you're saying, and I think sometimes, as of late, I find myself, because I feel that this whole election has been very complicated, and there's a lot of rules to it, and sometimes conventional wisdom doesn't really become conventional to some of these non-conventional problems that we're facing. And I find myself constantly telling people, I think we're oversimplifying something. And sometimes in the radio world, we oversimplify to make a point. But I think in a situation like this, I agree with you. If they saw something that was wrong, they should have said, like, I'm not going to do it. But when they were presented with this option that, listen, if you don't like that, we'll do an audit. And if that, you know, if there was a deal presented to them, like a caveat, and they went for it, I don't know if we should be saying shame on them. I think it could be that they were misled. And I think that's what they're saying. And I guess my thought is, I'd like to see how this unfolds. Where do you think it's going to go? 30 seconds. You, you know, I, well, I, I, think, I think the bottom line is that they've already certified the votes. Uh, I, I think the issue here, Rich, is this is more than just about the election or the votes. This is about a group of folks in Wayne County who do not want to see the president succeed. You're right. They do not want to see the president succeed. He's Brandon Bryce. I'm Rich Valdez. Keep it locked right there. We're coming right back. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. We are still here. I want to talk a little bit about Don Lemon. Now, Don Lemon, and on this program, he is affectionately known as Don Limon, Don Limon from CNN. He um, had some interesting things to say about Trump supporters. Now, of course, you've heard lots of people say things about Trump supporters because, well, we're a special bunch. We're a special type of people where we call it out when we see it. We try not to take any guff from anybody, and it's uh, uncomfortable for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, oh, how dare you? You just violated the rules of of, of couth. And uh, I think, you know, I somebody tells me I'm uncouth, I freaking throw a party. I'm so happy to hear that I'm uncouth. So I think that's why I appreciate Trump as much as I do. And I want you to hear what Don Lemon had to say about Trump supporters on CNN. Check this out. History is going to look back on this. And I think a lot of people are going to be embarrassed o- over time when they look back and say, how did I do that? How did I fall for that? What happened to me? What was I thinking in that time? But your grandchildren and your kids will look back and say, ooh, what did grandpa did? What did do? What did, what did dad do? What did mom do uh, in this moment? And, and realize that you were on the wrong side of history. I believe that Don Lemon is clearly on the wrong side of history, as are many. You know, and again, I may end up with egg on my face, but I have seen several, several of America's best attorneys line up one after the other to say, Trump won this thing. Trump's going to win this thing. And it might take a while because they have a better understanding of the law than you and I. And back in October, I think it was October 4th to be exact, or the 8th, I know it was an even number, 10-4, 10-8, one of those days, uh, Mark Levin, who is my go-to guy when it comes to constitutional law, he said this is not incredibly likely, but possible to end up in Congress on January 6th for a vote. 
if it doesn't go before the Supreme Court. And that's a possibility that I think Rudy Giuliani has alluded to as well, saying that this is a possibility where state legislatures would get a vote per state. And with these state legislatures leaning Republican, the probability of a Trump win would be accurate. And, or I should say, would be in the affirmative. So looking at that that way and seeing that this is the constitutional remedy that the founders envisioned when they kind of uh, foresaw this ever happening, I think this is where so many of the lawyers on the Trump team get their confidence from. But what I find interesting is that while there may be confident, every lawyer, I would suppose, should go into a situation where they're in court expecting that they're going to win. So you don't want a lawyer that's going to go in there expecting to lose unless it's part of some sort of negotiation strategy where they're looking to settle. But you want a lawyer to want to want to win. I, I don't want to hire a lawyer that's not going to win. However, the media and many on the left and even some in the middle, people that have become politicized by this election, people that, you know, for I've spoken to for years and have always been like, oh, I don't really care about politics. I know you're a Republican, whatever, you know, you make good points. They were just, they didn't care. They were disengaged. Now they're like, Rich, I can't believe it. And honestly, I talk about this at least every day (laughs) because I'm still, I'm still, you know, it's like if you know a butcher and you talk to a butcher and then you hear about somebody, you know, slaughtering animals um, and yet, and you go to them and you go, you know, I know you're a butcher and all, but what do you really know about cutting meat? Yeah, you know, and and that's that's the part I find funny. I mean, these lawyers are pros, and for us to look at them, or not us, but for so many to look at them and go, "Ah, oh, come on, move on, move on. You don't have a shot." Now, you may have no shot. I think you. The only way you don't know if you have a shot or a shot is if you take the shot. There's no way to know. So I think that's what I'm trying to say there. And if I sound a little uh, staccato in my delivery, it's because there's lights flashing next to me. There's a siren blaring. I don't know if that's coming out on the mic. I guess there's a fire drill going on. And if it's not a drill, boy, this broadcast is about to get better. But it's just blaring and blaring. And I see lines of people exiting next to me. And I'm thinking, should I be exiting too? And can I take the mic with me? I would love to give the play-by-play. Anyway, so that's part of what I wanted to talk about was this whole thing where this sense of incredulity, where you've got Dershowitz, we talked about him a little bit yesterday, making the case that there's always a question of popular opinion. The court of public opinion, of course, there is matters of law and constitutionality. And that's real. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday, where Dershowitz said that, you know, as a matter of law and constitutionality, Joe Biden is not yet the president-elect. He's been coronated by the media by politicians, and even by many Americans. But to officially become the president-elect requires, at the very least, certification by enough states to give him 270 electoral college votes. That hasn't happened. So Biden is the presumed projected winner of this election based on the current results, which are in dispute. Maybe even you could say he's the probable president, as Dershowitz puts it. But he's not officially the president-elect for any legal or constitutional purposes. And Trump still has a road to victory. And it would require all the chips to fall into the right places, a perfect storm that may be unlikely. And the goal of Trump's legal team is not to get 270 electoral votes for their client, 
because that's, you know, as Dershowitz puts it, it's outside of the realm of possibility. The goal is to question Biden and the 270 that he's already gotten to see, are they legit? That's, that's the goal. With neither one of them getting to 270, now we have a different scenario and a different path. And that's what I think the Trump legal team is trying to do. And it's something that Mark Levin laid out, like I said, back in October, way before the election. If enough electoral votes are still being contested by mid-December, and if fewer than 270 votes are certified by their respective states by that date, then Biden, in theory, could be denied the 270 that he thinks he already has. If that happens, Dershowitz posits, then the election would be thrown into the House of Representatives as it was on several occasions in the 19th century because there's precedent for this. And under the Constitution, the House will vote for president not by individual members, but by state delegations. Each state will get one vote. And so 26 states are required to elect a president. Now, even though there are more Democrats than Republicans in the House of Representatives, there are more states with a majority of Republican representatives. Accordingly, if the election were to go to the House, the Republicans would determine the next president. So that's the constitutional remedy. I don't think anybody's advocating that this is how we should or ought to elect a president that way. And this is a a strategy that we aim for. This is simply laying out the possibility that the Constitution provides. So it shouldn't be condemned either. And it's a really good piece that I'm reading from here by Alan Dershowitz on the Gatestone Institute website. You can check it out if you get a chance. And he really goes into more detail. I'm just giving you a little bit of uh, the beginning and some of the, the points that stand out. And of course, it's a long shot. He points that out. And Levin's pointed that out. And lots of, you know, reputable, top notch lawyers have made this case. This is by no means easy, but I think President Trump himself has made the case fairly excellently that this is not just about him winning re-election. This is really about protecting American election integrity. And while that may sound like a mouthful and even cheesy or altruistic, it's real. Think of the last time there was a president in the White House that was willing to take on a crooked FBI firing James Comey. Think of the last time there was a president in the White House who was willing to take on corrupt people in the CIA, getting rid of people left and right, literally draining the swamp, tossing out one swamp creature at a time. And they keep popping up. People that he appointed earlier in the administration like this guy, Chris Krebs, puts him in charge of cybersecurity, CISA agency. And then he just comes out of nowhere and says, no, 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 all that conspiracy. No, 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 no. Now, of course, the left will say, well, that's a guy with integrity. That's a guy who's standing up saying, you know what? I'm not going to let Trump corrupt the presidency. I'm not going to let Trump uh, embarrass us because the United States is above that. And the office of the presidency is above what his behavior has um, concluded to be. Now, to that I say, well, that's open to your interpretation. My interpretation is Trump keeps it real. And if he says, hey, I've got attorneys that are on the ground. I don't know where this guy, CISA guy is, uh, but 
Sidney Powell's somebody that I think should be respected and taken seriously, Rudy Giuliani as well. People try to make caricatures out of both of them to say that they're not as credible as we should make them out to be, but they're credible. They are very credible attorneys, and I think it's a mistake, it's a political miscalculation to discount what they're saying. Just like when they said we should believe every woman, right? And I, I, I tend to agree with that. I think we should believe them and investigate. Why not? Everybody deserves their fair day in court to say their piece. And that includes President Trump. And that's it for today. Like I always say, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to just sit there and do nothing. And that's Sir Edmund Burke. So it's time for you to stand up to rise up. America needs you now more than she's ever needed you. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 